This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Sarah and Vinny Secret Show on RadioAlice.com. Just a heads up, it's not for work, it's not for kids, but it is a good time. Available right here on RadioAlice.com. You only hear it on the Secret Show. You won't find it on your radio. Oh, maybe you're not hip enough to know that Sarah and Vinny's got a secret show. And we are rolling. Sarah and Vinny Secret Show for March 30th. It's a Thursday. 2017, Sarah, Vinny, and Bryn in here, and Yuzette, producing from the other room, waiting on a phone call from Paul Mercurio. He's coming back to the station, and hopefully soon, too, because we don't have all day here. Uh, Before he gets here, I wanted to uh, give you a letter from Don Draper. (laughs) He's an intern. Our old intern. Our old intern. Mm -hmm. I miss interns so much. I I want interns back. I just, the energy is so, I just love the interns. Me too. It was just always so cool to see what kids were up to. (laughs) Give us material. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Remember that one kid? What did we used to call him? David. Yeah, but. Oh, the the one who shall not be named? But, butt and Snooky. Butt and Snooky. Butt and Snooky. He, he, uh, when was our last vacation? Christmas? Yeah. No, no, February. Oh, February. He had texted me saying, hey, I'm in town. Can I come in? Every time he does that, we're on vacation. Well, yeah, because the vacations coincide because he's a schoolboy. Well, he's, uh, did he graduate? I'm not sure if he graduated I, I yet. I doubt it. <laughs> He's on his eighth year. Seemed like a kid that was going to be in school for a while. Did you see that art project he showed us with the balls and the penis? Yes. Yeah, that was good. That was He's good. He's having fun. All but the fruit. I don't think he's pressing the gas to get through school quickly. Yeah. Mm. Having too much fun, guys. <laughs> it's a greatest. But... And Snooky. And frankly, you know, the way people aren't finding jobs out of school, why would you rush? Yeah. Right. So Don Draper, uh, about three years ago, he was an intern of ours, mm-hmm. and he always dressed up, and that was why we started calling him Don Draper. He yeah, he wears a suit Rick. all the time. Uh, he says, "I cannot believe it's already been three years since I was your intern. I miss you all dearly, especially Who Daddy. <laughs> oh, who Daddy's on? He's on in the promised land. Whose was that? Uh, they're on the me. second floor. Let me go get them. Okay, great." Uh, the last time I wrote in for Bad Advice, it was about a girl who wanted an open relationship but also said that uh, living in the East Bay was a long distance. I was slightly heartbroken, but also felt like a total dip after hearing all of you point out the obvious. She just wasn't into me anymore. This time's a little different. I am head over heels for a girl who feels the same way about me. Her oh, name is yeah. Emma. Pictures on Facebook. And she's from London. Accent is so unbelievably sexy. Holy sh! but lives in Boston. We met two years ago at my friend's wedding, and I slept with her cousin that night. <laughs> Oddly, though, it was Emma and I who kind of kept in touch. Then one day last year, in September, I got a message from her on Facebook saying she'd be in San Francisco. It'd be great to meet up. No brainer. We met up, played hide the hot dog. Don't believe that shit. 
And to be honest, we have not stopped talking since. In fact, we're now dating. Yes, me and SF and her in Boston. We've taken turns flying back and forth. But when I flew to Boston in February, that's when I realized she's the girl of my dreams. I'm not a believer in fate. I believe we create our own path. But some things are out of our control. Emma and Sean feels like fate. Sean is his name, not Don Draper. So what's next? Well, I got a random promotion and it's going to require a move to Boston. If that's not fate, I don't know what it is because I accepted and will officially move the last weekend of April. So I'm not writing for bad advice. I'm writing to give you an update on my life, uh, but more to say thank you. This crew has influenced me in more ways than I can express from learning how to have an intense yet caring boss like Yuzette to learning to get laid from an Instagram picture. We're still very good friends. There is one thing I'm certain of, and that is my internship with Alice laid the bricks, uh, not for the job I had, but the job I wanted. P.S. Sarah, I'm going to need your Beantown Yayo Connect if they're still alive. Yayo? Yayo? You mean his Coke? Your Coke Connect? Is that what Yayo, <laughs> Yayo is? Yayo is Coke. Yeah. Yay. Oh, I, I don't have or a Connect. Man, you, you had us all feeling great about you until you said that. Yeah, don't be a Coke head. <laughs> right, Paul? He must be kidding. Let's just assume he's kidding. Ayo. It has its benefits. I'm happy for that guy. Good for him. Yeah. That's a song for that. It goes, Ayo for Yayo. All of oh, the Yayo. Oh. You never heard anyone refer to it as Yayo? No. Huh. Now I have, though. Paul Mercurio has just joined us. Woo! He's at the Punchline Hello. tonight, tomorrow, and Saturday. Yeah. Do you have drug days? You done LSD? Uh, yeah, no, I've done... Uh, I've done tabs of acid, and I've That's done LSD. LSD. Well, but I mean, no, but I mean, there's a. Oh, I did THC when I was 17. That's I pot. I know, but it completely freaked me out. I was 17 with my parents. What's the difference between that and pot? Um, it's just a, It's the. It's the, the concentrated. Oil? Yeah, it's like. Oh, the like hash. Yeah, it's like it's. But you take it as a tablet, and it's very, very concentrated. It's like the. It's the thing that makes pot be pot. Right. right. It's mm -hmm. like so. It's like pot on steroids. Right. It's a, just a little pill. And I had, I had. This must like, be a I New York pot. thing. I've never heard of that. No, I mean it's been. I mean, yes. it was, well, it was when I was living in Rhode Island. Is really oh, Rhode potent, Island. Potent. Rhode Island. It's THC. It's a, yeah. But, but I've I've never heard of it in a pill form. No, me either. So it sounds I, more modern. Like now they have pills. Yeah. And food and. Well, I was. My brother was getting married to this woman. My brother's older than I am, and her her brother it was they like still a big together. Party. Yeah, they're like thirty All years. Right. Yeah, yeah. Hey. <laughs> and, they, and we. And so it was like this big family thing, like the two families are going to meet each other. It was at night. And so I went and hung out with my sister-in-law's brother, this guy who he's a big party. And I partied and smoked and whatever. So we go into the woods with a bunch of guys as and women. As you do. As you right? do. And we start. Because <laughs> you have, guys are teenagers? Yeah, we're 17. Yeah. And we have kingers of beer, like mm. six, big 16-ounce, whatever. And we're drinking beer. And then uh, they said, here, have a hit of THC and I was like I knew of it but I had never done it and I said okay so I did it right I and then it kicked in and everything started to spin I got really hot it was like February it was like 25 degrees out I took my shirt off so now I'm like shirtless in the woods really hot and I'm freaking out and they're all laughing and they think you know they think it's really funny <laughs> and uh. I'm just like I, and then I so I'm sort of, you know, making my way through it. And then I had to drive my mother home because I drove her. What? So, so I, you guys went in the woods like behind the the family home. Yeah, there's to like party. some woods behind the thing. So no one questioned why you were going out at night in February. No, I think they thought we were going to somebody's house. Well, they probably house or, knew. Right? They, and, so now you got to drive your mom home. Yeah. So she I'm, doesn't drive? 
she drives, but I was driving. I don't know why, but I she I drove that oh, night, God. and so she so I get in the car and everything's spinning, and I'm almost gonna throw it like really bad, and I'm really hot, and I'm really disoriented. So I was driving. You drove. I drove because I didn't want to say I couldn't drive because I was worried that she was gonna say, "Well, why can't you drive?" And then I was gonna get caught in this thing, so I thought it was better, which was stupid. I could have gotten hurt, right? Everybody or killed your killed, mom, right? Exactly. Well, I could have yeah, gotten hurt. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> not, I could have run someone. Yeah. Me, me, me. I could have. <laughs> I could have. Oh, my mother's never gonna die. She's Robo Mom. She's eighty nine. She's not. She made dying. a robot. Mostly. She's like, oh my god. This is like nothing. There's that. nothing wrong with her. She's eighty nine. You know, you give her stuff, and she fights back. Um, and. Uh, <laughs> Arsenic. I can't. What have you given her? Oh, oh, arsenic. Right. I've never seen people be able to ingest that and not have it affect them. Um, we did have a bet. Like she went to the doctor after thirty years, and we had a bet that there was something wrong with her, and there was nothing wrong with her. Like she <laughs> so, said, she didn't go to the doctor for thirty years. You're like, you got to go to the doctor. Yeah, because she was looking kind of pale, and she, oh. there's a lot of history of cancer on her side of the family. She has low blood pressure. Her cholesterol's fine. She's... Well, you're a pale people. <laughs> the uh, the Mercurios. Exactly. Who's the bet between? Uh, uh, my brother and my sister and I. Oh, that's messed yeah. up. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys, you said, Mom, you're going to the hospital. You guys, let's make bets as to whether there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. I had... You were be all betting against her or you were all betting amongst yourselves? Oh, no, we were betting against her. Oh, okay. Yeah, we were, we were like, I was thinking cancer. I figured she had to have something. Right. Because she, that's like. so nice of you. No, I'm not wishing it on her. Well, they're a funny family. Right? <laughs> yeah. I guess that's. So if you won the bet, would you have been, like, celebrating? Yeah, I mean, there you are. You won. It? Like, if I can't just I... I got 20 bucks. I yeah, bet yeah. against you, Ma. <laughs> oh, you're not going to get chemo. You're going to ruin the whole thing. Come on. <laughs> no, she, uh. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> Hilarious jokes about cancer. Let me cash the check first. <laughs> no, no, but you, you know, I mean, she's uh, she won't. She has. I think I mentioned she has that hearing aid. And it whistles all the time, or oh, whatever. Yeah. And if and okay, so, so back to your now. So you're now in, we're in the car, all right. and I'm on the highway. <laughs> you're on the highway, and we're everything's the, just spinning. spinning. I'm serious. So this driving is, this in a blender. So I'm right, exactly. And I'm driving, and I'm driving, and. I'm literally going like 35 miles an hour on the highway. And my mother's like, why are you driving so slow? I was so freaked out that I was going to get in an accident that I think the only kid in history who was being yelled after driving too slow. And it took us like twice as long to get home. And I got, I got to the thing. I got in. Oh. And I went into the house. And then I got really sick. But I, they didn't know I got sick. But that wasn't the worst thing. The worst thing I did that year was we had SAT tests. And the night before, Paul Biello... Uh, had a big keg party at his house. It's just some random friend of yours. Yeah, one of one of the high school buddies. And so all the, all the seniors go over, and we start pounding beers and pounding beers. And I, someone told me I had over twenty of those solo red solo cups of beer. So now I'm completely plastered, and I got to go to the bathroom. So I go into the bathroom, I close the door, and I unbutton my pants. I take my pants part of the way down. I'm going to pee standing up, and I'm like, I can't do this. I'm going to pass out. So did I, you see that? So I see. He throws his hand out like his. Five feet long. I'm gonna pee. So, what right. the? No, so what We've I, seen it. So, so. then, I, so then I, 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 I needed a ten or fifteen minutes to get it out of the thing. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't even see that. Wrestle that monster <laughs> out. And it did like it kind of went back on me a couple of times. And I and I go to sit down. This has happened twice to me in my life. The other time it happened was right after I passed the bar exam. So your pants are still up and you're going to sit down and just... Well, my pants are like down to here. Yeah. And my junk is out. Yeah. I could show you exactly no. if you want. 
I don't manscape. So it's not cover, and, uh, covering your ass. <laughs> do you manscape? You're, you're very clean. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Do. They're all. Bit, yeah. I, think it's weird. Sure. I think you should just let it be. It, well, so go ahead go, then so, let it be. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a jungle down there. Um, so I'm out and yeah. I go to sit down on the on the. I'm toilet. thinking. No wonder your wife doesn't want anything to do with you. You're disgusting. <laughs> It's like little chip. And your dog. <laughs> yeah. Okay, <laughs> so you go to sit down. And I and I uh I I sit down on the edge of the toilet seat and then I put my head on the on the sink and I pass out on the floor with my pants down and my junk and my and my balls out. So and uh, the door's and have locked. you peed? I don't no, I don't think I did. I think I was just like, oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna fall over. So I think the plan was I was gonna sit and pee, which I do now. And I think it's the best thing ever. I almost always sit when I pee. I don't stand. Me too. Right? Me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now you say that to people and they think it's weird. See, look at All this. of you? Yeah. yeah. Well, at home I do. Not yeah, here. I don't, not I don't go to a house. restaurant and sit and pee. But yeah, at home I sit and pee. Sometimes you I go to a... sit down and pee. I'll go to a restaurant and not eat. Oh, I'll just go in and sit and surprise. pee and leave. No, yeah, it's it's more comfortable. Well, sure. Because <laughs> sometimes you go you into the pee. stall. If you have to pee a long time, standing up, that's like a two-minute stand-up. Why wouldn't you get rest? Take time off your life. A giant bladder. Or a prostate <laughs> thing. Well, I, I no, think I no, do. No. Every, three, every three hours now I'm getting up to pee. How about you? Is that right? In the middle of the night. It's killing me. It's killing me. Like I, it's, Do you take it, saw palmetto? No. What is what? You should take that. Saw? What is it? Saw palmetto? palmetto. Yeah. It's okay, like I'm not mentally challenged. I just don't know what it is. Oh, <laughs> 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 Is this what we do? Look it up. What do you want from me? I'm not your doctor. You can get it at really any place where they sell. Like a Whole Foods it would shrinks, have it. Or it shrinks your prostate and helps you pee flow. Is it? Is it? And powder? so it will help. No, it's a pill, and it'll help your pee. But are you? Are you having a problem? Are you having a problem? I'm listening. Peeing, or it, like it's taking a long time to get there, or you're just peeing frequently. Frequently, but it's no problem. You're not standing there waiting for it to get. Come past on, the look at me. What's, we, what, come on, this thing's working. Wait, let's just get this straight. Everything's working down there. You know what I'm saying? Working extremely well. Uh, what now? Here's the part of the problem is I think I'm not challenged. I, you don't have to spell it out for me. I had I, it the first time. I I saw palmetto. Well, I'm trying to make sure you understand what I'm telling you. It's, just, gonna, gonna it's like with. an herb or something, and you wouldn't think it would work. Okay, don't yell at it, me it about was, my prostate. Now I'm getting stressed. You're the one saying you get up every three hours. <laughs> Sound defensive. This is like we're brothers yelling at each other. All right, so I I get up. Because I think part of it is because I'm a comic and I'm drinking at night, like not usually booze, but like water. You know what I mean? You're just sure. drinking a lot, like yeah. more. Like, like if you work as an accountant, you go home at seven, eight o'clock, you have a glass of wine. By eight or nine o'clock, you're not drinking a lot of liquids. I think that's part of it. So I try to pull back on that, but I just, it's like, yeah. And then I get up and then I can't fall back to sleep because my mind starts going. I start thinking about things. I got to do this. Or... You sleep worse as you get older, too. Do you have? Are you having? Lo- I sleep way worse now than I did when I was. Younger. Why do you have things on your mind, or is it just? Like- you just I don't know. I, I like I, maybe I don't need as much sleep, so I'll just wake up in the middle. Like if I wake up in the middle of the night, I'm always like, oh, what a bummer. Yeah. Let me just fall back to sleep because I've got three hours left. And-, and I can't look at the clock once I wake. When I wake up like that, if I look at the clock, that makes it worse because yeah. then I know like you start counting. Sometimes how long. I talk myself into thinking, oh, you just slept four hours, but I know I didn't just sleep four hours. What are your hours on uh, the Late Show with? Stephen Colbert. It's uh, it's kind of flexible because I. That's why I, 
took the this the, we set it up this way so that I could come and go as long as I tell them. But generally, you go in the morning, what you know, time? early mid morning, like you know nine ish, ten ish, and that goes through the day. And the taping is at five. 30 so you know my 6 30 do you already five. know how much you have to contribute for that day or is it no, just, it's just run- kind of a random rough thing um and then there'll be some days where i don't have to do any of that and i just do the warm-up um so it just depends do you so, do the warm-up on the regular i do i do the warm-up pretty much every day that i'm there i do the warm-up yeah so that so you go out and do five minutes before the show starts um it's like usually oh, anywhere from 15 to 25 minutes wow because, um, really depending on how ready they are back there yeah exactly because we do a uh a rehearsal and then a rewrite after the rehearsal. This was a this was a system that we did at the Daily Show, and then took to the Colbert Report. And now this, so like, is the audience there for the? No. What happens is so the rehearsal is the, re- the rehearsals. Nobody, it's nobody's in the studio except the staff, and they do. What want, time is this generally? This is at four o'clock. Okay. Uh, th- uh, three ish, three thirty, four. You feel like on... we've got a show together. Let's let's run this hour. Well, you have to, especially because this show is so tied to footage and sound bites. You mm-hmm. have to get you have to run the mechanics of it, right? Like traditional monologues, like you know Jimmy Fallon's and and Letterman and Johnny Carson. It was you hate either... those guys. No, I mean, I mean, I know. I mean, when I know. When people bring them up, though, you're like, Fuck those guys. Well, right? it's funny because you know we were behind, and everybody was like, "It's so funny how like once you become number one, like everybody's like, oh, I always loved your show.' And like, it's the same person that like six months earlier. Here's one thing I got when the show, Colbert started with the show, and then I'll go back to the mm-hmm. thing. Um, I hate his dancing. Like oh, God, co- I loved the dancing. Okay, thank you. He would come out. He'd come out and do his high and he, kicks. And he'd and like, he'd, so, and he'd I, dancing with John. And, and I finally and... snapped on somebody. I go, let me explain this to you. Someone comes up to you and says, on a platter, not that he he deserved it, I'm going to give you a major franchise that only turns over once every 25 years on a major network. Would you not go out and dance a little bit, you idiot? Like, wh- how do you... N- like, yeah, the guy's excited. He's the host of The Late Show on CBS... That happened 25 years ago, and it, you know what I mean? Like, well, so, the pressure alone, just as you present it there, is enough to make someone say, "I don't know if I want. I don't want that job. No yeah, thanks." Yeah, like that is. Oh yeah, it's, well, you got big giant ones to even take the job, and really, I think ultimately you have to just say, F- "It." Yeah, and exactly. go do whatever. Well, and that's dance I think, or do whatever. Yeah, and I think that that's also why thing he's kind of found his footing too. Well, and that's I think what you're getting at with the monologue thing. He doesn't do the traditional monologue where he just comes out and does it. There's a side. Radio.com. Piece a lot of times. Yeah. Where uh, and so it. It's super reminiscent of his actual show that he used to do on Comedy Central, The Colbert Report, except that he's obviously not playing a conservative. Right. So he's, it's, they're popping up. So I can see where you'd need to run that. Right. And, and that came out. There's of, all kinds of graphics right. and photos and video. So on The Daily Show, before John got there, we would always try to look like a news show. So we would get footage, but we didn't have a budget. So we would, this is when we, there was tape. We would tape different news networks and we'd steal, we'd steal it. And then they yell at us, and they call Comedy Central and threaten to sue them and to tell you to stop. So we then we'd go to NBC and steal something from them. Then we go to CNN, and then eventually we said we need a budget. We need we need a so there's a thing called an AP news feed. I don't know if you guys get it, but it's sure. a, you yeah. get, So you get all these footage and sound bites, a bank of all this stuff, right? So the rule was always they're pretty much every story had to have a sound bite or some footage or something, right? For the most part. 
And so that became a process. So the thing with The Daily Show was we had to create the process while we were doing the show because no show exists, no com late night comedy show existed like this. Traditionally, the monologue is either written on a cue card or in a, or in a teleprompter and you read it. And if you're doing a rehearsal and you don't like the joke, you cut the joke, you tear up the cue card. There's no, it's, it's, it's very quick right. rehearsal, right? This is all tied to footage. So if you're doing a story about Trump and it's got four different subtopics in it, and there's a picture of Trump, and there's a picture of Obama, and then there's a picture of the Capitol, and then you cut one of the jokes in the middle, there's an editor in a bay that's getting, getting radioed information that says, cut the thing showing Trump getting out of the car. He has to recut that chunk of, of footage so that it matches. So that's what has, so that's the process that we, we developed. God, that sounds complicated it too. Kind, it I kind mean, of is. It, it, it's a lot of moving parts and it needs a lot of people to manage it um, because you have to have a liaison between what's happening on the floor and the person in the, and, and the, the, there's a producer in the edit bay that looks like the studio with an editor. Then there's a liaison between those people and the people on the floor. And so what would happen was we over time, that's the process we developed. Stephen came into The Daily Show. He was a correspondent. He got that show. He took that process to the Colbert Report, and it's now the process at the Late Show. Right. It's a direct descendant of what we did at the Daily Show for years, and it it works. It's fantastic. But it's a lot. It's so funny because um, the 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 unions are a big part of this, right? So the the the, uh, the Late Show Theater, the Ed Sullivan Theater, is a big union shop, and all those guys that work like on the crew, you know, behind the scenes, they're like real like blue collar kind of guys you know they're they're traditional union guys and they've been there forever right so our process is we tape around we we rehearse around the, the show gets written over the course of the day stuff gets produced footage and then people come from the staff because they want to hear some you want they want people to laugh a little bit so they get a sense of what works and they basically run steve runs the show runs at least those first two acts and then they figure, okay, that's not quite working. Make it, and somebody's making notes. And then there's a rewrite room that they go into, and we. And that's between the rehearsal. So now the rehearsal's done. Well, you're doing. They're bringing the audience they're bringing in. Bringing the audience in, and they're you're buff, warming they, them up. They buff the floor. The band does a rehearsal. Oh. Yeah, the in-house studio, the in-house band, who's phenomenal, brings does a rehearsal after Stephen's rehearsal, and then uh, buffs the floor real quick. Not Stephen, and uh, and then they uh, bring the audience in. While the audience is being brought in, all that's happening, they're rewriting the show. They're rewriting it, recutting it, dropping Funny. stuff, adding stuff. Or that's might... got to be like just a freaking whirlwind for those two it's, you know three what it's hours. Like? It's the same thing when I was writing full time on the Daily Show in the morning. It was like taking a final exam every day mm. for three hours and it was cramming the whole yeah. day. And you're just like, and then taking and it. And you're just like, oh god, please, please come up with something. Please look at an article. Oh god, oh god. But that's why there's a staff. So like on any given day, there's <laughs> one guy can have writer's block. Yeah, you know, seriously, like like somebody comes up dry. There's eleven other people. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. so what ends up happening? So. So that process of them rewriting is is it's like an accordion. So I don't know when I go out how long I'm going to be out there. Right. So my thing is just one big improv. Like I don't do. You can't really do stand up in that situation. So I just. But you must to, have go to stuff because it's a new audience every night. It's not like you. You know the bands no, are going to go. Heard that one last night. No, I don't. I. It's literally. I'll start just talking to you about your jacket or whatever. It's no. I have or no, tell the story about what happened to you at the soup place. No, that I. Day, I, I, don't, I can't. It doesn't work. None of that works in there. You. Can, it doesn't work. You have to. I just talk. The only thing I. There's a certain thing I tell them like what they have to do. Like you got to turn your phones off. You have to be big in the space. There's like that technical stuff. Then it's just a free for all. You got to be big in the space. Yeah, because what happens is people think they're watching TV at home, 
So when I watch TV at home, a lot of people yeah we don't laugh out loud. You don't loud laugh out loud, or, right. and you're really in comfortable chairs, and it's oh there's and there's screens too in the theater, so you sit back and you start and you start watching yeah and supposed to be laughing, and it is a massive massive space, and it eats up all of the sound. Oh, and the reason there's a live studio audience is to kick people in the in the ass at home and like say this is right so if they eat energy is that even if they yeah even if they laugh and they do it in a normal tone of voice it sounds like background because they're mic'd half the level of steven and the guests right and it's massive it's like a warehouse so you have to like really like so you coach them on laughing uh yes nice on on volume not not on to do it it's up to them if they want to laugh but if you let if you i just give them permission to completely let their hair down that's part of what i have to do i want you to go ah I, li- I, I, I mean, I kind of like, not, okay, not like you're being stabbed, but like something. <laughs> God. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's not do the rape laugh, everybody. That brings everybody down. Okay, hilarious. Rape uh, jokes always work. It's not work. a rape joke. It was a rape, rape reference. You should still be able to say that. All right, so anyway. <laughs> and so like, so that happens. So then like, sometimes I'm out there. But I've told them, I said, 15 minutes is optimal. Like at some point, because you're getting them so pumped up. Right. And then it's like, and then it's, you know, right. it's like, you know, okay, hot and heavy, hot and heavy, you're ready to. And then you bring, do you like sort of say, now we're starting the show, and then it just starts with when you exit the. No, stage? we bring the band out, the band plays. Oh, oh. Then the band. Oh, that's good. The then band. Steven is... comes out and does a QA before the show. Oh. Yeah. Does he? Yeah. Before the show. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. And then uh, that goes back to what John and uh, goes back to what, uh, and a lot of shows do it, but we did it back with uh, Kilborn and then John. And again, Stephen just took that from that to the Colbert Report and now this. He just and goes d- out and says, like, hi. Anybody, hi, everybody. Thanks Anybody got any questions? Anybody got any questions? Where's then- the magic? <laughs> it's like, that's just so strange. Yeah. Like, that's, you're supposed to go, like, and now. Stephen Colbert and he they, comes in know, and, yeah now, the, now there's some leg kicks so you're telling me the guy comes out chats with everyone yeah. has tea <laughs> and then goes backstage gets his announcement and comes out kicking yes you know what's, why that's nice it's a nice gesture that he's talking to people I think that sometimes there's actually and it's funny to hear that because sometimes the crowd goes so wild when he comes out they there was a there was sort of a, a chant that they did it and it looks like they've discouraged that now well you know it's funny uh, they would chant Steven Steve, at the beginning of his comedy central show and that would go on to the point where he would be like like seriously you guys I'm tr- got to do a show here like you've got to stop you're chewing up my minutes. and so they were doing that at the beginning when the late show came on that was happening and going on forever and i've noticed that occasionally it'll break out a little bit but for the most part yeah. they're telling it well, sounds very, like they're telling people don't very, do that you're very astute you're very on top of things i love that guy you should really go into radio okay um, yeah what happened was um that steven 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 chant was organic and made sense for the character because that character on Colbert Report was this blustery guy who the world right. should love. So they were essentially part of the bit, the audience, every night. So that Steven, Steven, Steven thing was something that we came up with and encouraged them to do because that fed that. So what happened was we go to CBS and they're all conditioned to it. And without any prompting, they would break out into it. I never, I wouldn't prompt them. They just because they had been seeing that for ten years, they had been part if of. If you're it. a fan of him, if you know fan, you chant Stephen at the beginning know, of the and show. You know, half of them are, are diehard fans. The other half maybe tourists, whatever. Like just whatever. So like, so for a while they wanted it. Then 
they wanted it to, they didn't want them to do it because CBS didn't want no, them to. No, Stephen, because oh. I think what they were trying to do was separate themselves from the Colbert Report. Mm -hmm. Like this is a different show where this is a more of a variety show. We don't want to be that character. We don't want them to think that Stephen's going to still sort of be doing that character. So we don't we don't want that. But then as the show went on and he started to do we started to do more politics and more and more of it with this whole primary going back to 2016 it started to just find its place again so they don't care now if they do it because right. they've just uh, they've just owned it it's like you know we can't it's not be what we are especially now with all this stuff and so like it all kind of in a weird way ties together like it all relates it's and not he, weird. It's him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and I he mean, he needs to just be that. Well, it's but but he didn't. It's it's a great point. But I, you know, ten years of that character, it's a different. I mean, it's like go. It's like going from playing a AAA baseball stadium to Yankee Stadium. It's like in like you have to understand. Like we were in decent sized studios with 150 people. <laughs> this is like literally walking into how many Yankee, people? 500. Jesus, that is a big. And yeah. it's just the space. It's like it's like this. I know I've talked about the dome a bunch and the thing, and there's like two tiers. So I so basically, um, once that started, then you could track. You could literally track like five percent, ten percent of the monologue was politics. Then it became twenty, then thirty, then the whole thing, and then the second act, sitting down, used to be more like non-politics bit stuff, and then that became a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit because, you know, and then. And then people were starting to get mad at the media, at the late night shows for going after Trump. Like I, I, I went on CNN with Bill Carter, the New York Times uh, uh, TV media guy, and they asked us, like, do you guys think you're going too hard on Trump? And it's like, no, it's not like you go in a room and go, okay, today we're going to do six jokes on Trump and three jokes on Hillary. You just see what the meat is on the table, and that's what you go for and get the best stuff. And if Trump doesn't like being made fun of, tell him to stop putting meat on the table and stop acting like a douchebag right. so much i we'd be more than happy to rip hillary and bernie sanders and new so like you know this idea we this the thing with the daily show was and it kind of starting to be with the colbert report there's this perception that because we're talking politics we have to be fair we're a comedy show we don't have to be fair <laughs> you douchebag you, you, and you <laughs> well it's a good thing you don't have to be fair because it is it you know it aligns with my politics, but I'm sure there are plenty of people who are like, I can't watch that show no, because and, and I, I do love Donald yeah, and Trump. I, and listen, I understand people might be listening who are like whatever Trump people, but like, and that's fine. I'm not making fun of them or whatever. That, you're happy. But like, you're, if your guy's acting like an idiot, whether it's a Democrat or Republican, they're going to get it right right between the eyes. So, and they should. So, that, so that's the thing that surprised me that CBS doesn't say, hey man, back off on that, you know, pro-liberal stuff because you're, they're just letting it happen. And they say that um, you know, uh, because we're dealing pretty straight up with that stuff, and like Fallon tends to be a different show. He's just a little bit yeah. more, you know, it's not the worse and not better. Yeah. Um, so that that became like, and then it it started to. I didn't think we the show would take over because uh, to first because Fallon's so likable and he's been around for five years, and the stuff that he does, like everybody he's likes, very charming. You know what's really funny about it is I, I because we do this show and I watch it all a day late because obviously I'm not up at, at midnight. I watch all those shows, all of them, and I'm you know I, I'm particular to Stephen. I've always been a huge fan of his. He did have some rough days in the beginning, hmm. uh, but I have really been so. I mean, I think I came in. I'm like, 
his show was great last night. Like it was, yeah. I, like I'm, I was so relieved. Like, oh God, he's really hitting his stride. But they're all, Fallon is great. Kimmel is yeah. great. They all have their own personality. I and love I, Seth Meyers' and I, show. And I think all of those shows when they start, think about it. You have to make the donuts and make the machine that makes the donuts mm-hmm. at the same time. It wasn't like, like 80 people... The show went from 80 people at the Colbert Report to 200, over 200 people. Staff-wise. Staff-wise. We mm-hmm. went from 83 hours of programming a year, because it was four days a week, a half hour, to 202 hours of programming. Like that. You can't go somewhere and practice that for a year. Like, we did a few test shows. So all these moving parts have to come together. Well, and, they, they and, are starting to really right. yeah. run And then, together. oh, the thing about the, the guy and the, 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 the union guy, this one guy, Harold. Oh, yeah, so back to this guy. He's been there, he's been there 25 years because <laughs> it all ties in. And he goes up to he goes up to me and the stage manager one day, and he goes, uh, and, and I'm not exaggerating to be funny. He talks like this. He goes, hey, what do they do in that rewrite room anyway? Uh, we go, what? He goes, well, what are they doing in the rewrite room? We go, well, they're rewriting the show. Why do they got to rewrite the show? We go, because, mm-hmm. you know, we want to make the show as good as we can. And he goes, well... Well, they got to, boy, I'll tell you, you guys really ought to get your shit together. He goes, they got a clock down there? I go, why? He goes, well, maybe somebody should look at the clock so we can get out of here right at 6.30 like we did with Letterman. And he walked away. And he would yell at Steven. Like one time Steven came up and we're about to start the show. Because they were all, it was like a, it was like a, yeah. a rocket. Letterman was notorious for 5.30 start, 6.30 out. These guys, you know. And in the beginning, in fairness to them, it was kind of crazy. We were doing like two-hour tapings because we were overshooting stuff because we weren't sure. You know, you just right. have to figure it out, though. And <laughs> Steven came up one time, and he was literally the show's about to start, right? And he's like, oh, shit, the band's playing. And he, had, he forgot a prop downstairs in the rewrite room. And as he's walking to go back, this guy, Harold, goes, oh, oh, where the f*** you going? And he's yelling at Steven. <laughs> and Steven just go? He just didn't know. He, he went up to Steven one day and he goes, hey, you know, you really got to figure this out and get this on time, like in Steven's face. And Steven looked around like, what? The, I, I don't, I, it was so crazy that Steven didn't know how, to, you know, it's something so crazy, you right. don't know how to process it. Or how to respond exactly, like, do I slap you? And he's a huge <laughs> guy. And his father was in this union, in this space before. And he built himself a little room oh. with Wi-Fi and he goes into his room. He's the head carpenter. And he just, he he his job is to push a button and this gate goes up. You know that big yeah, gate that sure. goes up and down? The, the garage the guy door pushes, thing? The garage right. door. He's the guy that pushes the garage door button. Oh, that's his <laughs> and, job. And he orders a couple of people around. They found another guy. They fired him. He had a little sleep hovel somewhere in this theater, and he would sleep, in, and they couldn't find him, and he was sleeping and taking naps in the theater, and they had to fire the guy. Like these unions. Uh, listen, unions are very good. There's and, good and bad and with, it, with these everything. Guys, so this guy was like, <clears throat> I think it was like, I think he still thought or thought it was like his show in his house. Right. So anyway. Um, yeah. We're crazy. We love you. I love you guys. Uh, I could spend forever with you. I'm su- I want to move in with you. No. I'm super. <laughs> I'm actually. I Maybe that maybe this whole show was just for me, but I totally love hearing the ins and outs of the, you know, yeah, the I process. Your listeners don't get bored. I never uh, know, no, like, I well, think it's fascinating. And it's a podcast. Great. I never know they don't, because they don't I, like it. They, can, they don't have to I listen. Never well, I, I did I glance them. at the lines. We have people on hold that just want to listen without it being edited. And I kept looking. I'm like, no, they're still there. Let's see. Oh, they're still please. in. Check in right. with them. Hold on. Right. Let's, let's see. Pick a line one to five. Let's see. Two. Hello, line two. Hello. Hi. Hi. What's your name? Jose. Hi, Jose. How are you today? I'm doing well yourself. Are you enjoying the show? Uh, yeah. Are you a fan of Colbert? Um, you know what? Yeah, I was when he was on the Comedy Central, but I haven't been keeping up with 
Well, you yeah. did you hear all the in-depth stuff? We just you start taping that every day. I did, yeah. All right. Thank you, Very Jose. Good. Are you yep. at work right now or what? Yes. I see. Is that why you're talking really softly? Have you taken a woman in a van? Are you taking some? You sound like you're doing something stop. illegal. Don't be mean. He's a diehard. All, All right, right, hold on. I'm going to be back on hold. What do you mean? I'm joking around. Line three. Hello. <laughs> hello? Hello. How are you? I'm doing really good. How are you guys? Pretty good. What's your name? Uh, Nelson. Nelson. Do you, do, is Paul Mercurio a yay or a nay? Uh, he's a total yay. Yay! Oh, thank you, Nelson. Yay! Appreciate it. All right. Well, you want to come to it? You want to come to the punchline? I'll give you a ticket. Get you a couple of tickets. You want to come? Uh, yeah. Okay. Oh. Uh, well, what about Jose? <laughs> Jose doesn't get to come. Okay, Jose, you got you got to you got to promise me you're gonna watch. I got five people on a line right here. I want five pairs of tickets for one of your shows. Oh, snap! What'd okay. you do, Paul? Oh, five pairs. <laughs> I'll get their names right now. Can I have five pairs of tickets? Uh, okay. All right. Everybody on hold right now. I'm mean, his person who's taking him around. Okay. What's her name? I forget your name. Andrea. Andrea. Andrea has a pair of tickets for everybody who's on hold right now. So just stay on the line, Nelson. You're going to the show. Okay? Oh my god. Well, he's giving the one Thank guy, you. but he doesn't give him to the... what the. F- Paul. I literally Jesus. feel like I'm home getting yelled at by my wife. All right. I Thank you. You're great. The punchline tonight, tomorrow, and Saturday. Yeah, come on out. Everybody meet Nelson and Jose. They'll be yeah, there. They'll, and the other people <laughs> the who other are holding people. online. All right. Thank you very thank much. Thank you. All right. The end. Hold on the line, you guys. We'll get your names in a second.